If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the Goat Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a goat, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubenville, and welcome to another episode of the Goat Consulting Podcast right here in studio in VC right. Productions in Nashville, Tennessee. We got a great show for you today. That's not Tyler to the right of me. That's, uh, that's one of uh, Nashville's most recognized Fitness Jules. gurus in the nation right here in Nashville. Yeah. We'll get to her in just a second. Her first name is Erin. I'm still working to see if I can say her last oh, name. Oh, you got it. You got it. Last name correctly. But to the left is my good friend. We call him the, the LinkedIn Whisperer. He's the calming force to our show, Captain Kintsugi. The list goes on and on. <laughs> it does. John Byers. John is here today. So Sean good. is to the left, and he's going to be um, sending messages throughout the show. Producer so, Sean. Producer Sean, and then <laughs> always producer Davey. we got a great show for you today but before we introduce our guest let me just say this we are the goat consulting podcast we are sponsored by dev digital dev digital has a little piece to this story today and we'll share that here in just a second as mm-hmm. we move through set, uh, verse session one to session two but we serve it up in a way that you can get it we're like waffle house in our 20s they teach us to get in the game in our 30s we move up in the game in our 40s we try to stay in the game because those 30 year olds are so damn good in our 50s what the research says we finally ask ourselves what is it that we really want In sports, goats are easy to see. They're recognized for their greatness. They elevate the play of those around them. But in business, it's people that compete on unique perspective, unique education, and unique experience. What they do gives them energy, and it gives other people energy, and it gives new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. I had the chance to get some of your brand of energy uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's been almost a couple of months ago now at the Titans facility there as we worked out on stage together. On on the weekends, you and I go um, go around Nashville, and we... We do workout events together, right? At least we did that. We did that one, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> we did the one in that in, in that Nashville. But Aaron Opria joins you us. You nailed the, it. Thank you. Joins us today. Uh, known for so many things, could have been an astronaut, could have been a police officer, could have been a, a physical education teacher, but decided hair to model. go. Hair models. I spent hours on my hair so today. Wonderful. Do you love it? I now, love it. Now she's a mom. She's married to Sean, and she has an incredible story about where she ended up right here today with us. We're so thankful that you're here today. Uh, we look forward to unpacking a little bit of uh, your journey along the way. And, John, I know you have some questions that you'd like to ask to start all of our guests off. Well, it is so cool to have you. So thank you for being here, uh, Aaron. And we're going to dive in, although I'm going to start with one of my favorite quotes that you've ever said. And it's, I love to work hard, but life just isn't life without donuts. I mean, is is that not true? 100% is true. (laughs) I mean, I know I'm a fitness instructor, but life's about balance. But I just, most people don't admit it and put their vulnerability out there. I have no shame. And that's what's going to make this time together so special today. You know what our favorite thing to do is we go from 
we travel a lot for work, and so every city we go to, we walk to a donut store, whatever a local donut store, not like yeah. Krispy Kreme, but not knocking them, but we just go find a local. Group. Yeah, yeah. and Love it's that. so sometimes it's six miles to a donut store, and then it's like balance, right? <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, do you plan where you're going to stay in proximity <laughs> to no, the donut store? No, I'm, I'm game for walking. If, if oh it was gosh. a ten mile walk for a donut store, I walk ten miles. I don't care, it's donuts. In Sea Grove, Florida, there is a donut shop that we were there last week, and we go every year for fifteen years, and we get. I mean, they cake on Oreo or M&M's. I mean, it's glorious. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So I don't like the toppings on I don't want all that. Yeah. I like the old school mom just and Just glazed pop. or not, the cake? No, I like the apple fritters, but I just don't like them oh, loaded yeah. with candy and stuff. Okay. That's yeah. not my thing. I don't even like... I. And my go-to like, is a cinnamon roll. Keep it simple. Oh, cinnamon love, roll is my go-to. I love Non-negotiable. It. Whatever life throws at me, that will always be... My thing. The yep. best donuts ever. We've been all over for donuts. Is in New York City. It's called the Donut Project. Project. Mm. They have an everything, like an everything donut, kind of like an everything oh, bagel wow. donut. It's like salty, sweet, mm. out of this world. Best donut you'll ever eat. Okay. We, we need this to episode brought to you by the Donut Project That's right. and Dev Digital. It's so good. All right, Aaron. So uh, it, it's so so cool to have you here. Thanks for joining, Sean. It's good me. to have you. We expect your input here Sean's at hiding. some point. Um, you have, you're an author. You are, you are an app crushing, developer. crushing the, the fitness world, developing Trainer. apps. Thank you, Dev Digital, because they are the backdrop, I believe, for your app. Pretty uh, muscles. Pretty muscles. Yeah. Yeah. So give us more about that? one of the things we want to ask you to kind of start off. Give us a defining moment in your life that you would credit and look back to that got you to today. A defining moment. Yeah. I would say watching the movie G.I. Jane. Hmm. Watching the movie G.I. Jane. How old were you? So I'm not in a like college. 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 Not the G.I.J. moment that Chris Rock just had a few weeks ago, right? Like here, this is <laughs> not, before that. No. <laughs> okay. G.I.J. and the character. I don't know Demi Moore was a, the actor, but I don't know anything she about was her. A but stud in there. But the character Demi um, G.I. Jane. Why, she, why was that a defining moment for you? Just realizing how strong I could be and how I just idolized everything about her. So if I was going to say my idol in life. Yeah. Th- those yeah. defining moments create meaning for us, right? And so that that was a defining moment that set the trajectory for you as you continue to move forward to end up right to where you are today. And we'll unpack that. We'll unpack why that was so meaningful to you here in just a minute. And so, yeah, that, well, yeah. One other thing, just quickly, as we as we look back on your life, can you is there any childhood memory that just kind of sticks out that resonates with you? Maybe we'll call it your favorite childhood memory. What what comes to mind there? Um, one that I absolutely loved was hiking the volcanoes in Hawaii. We went for a three week mm. trip to Hawaii in third grade and camping and hiking all the volcanoes was freaking amazing. I'd say it's in one third of, grade, third grade. You remember? Oh, vividly. What, what was, was so, so meaningful steaming. about it? It was just steam. It was just so ironic. Like the black lava everywhere and steaming like it was still Sean. Steaming. Oh, is. steaming hot, hot smoke okay. show. <laughs> you guys don't be jealous. He's all mine. No, no. I'm not sharing. The hype man from, from mm. our workout session together at the at the Titans facility there. It was incredible. It's really fascinating. So third grade, though, was, I mean, you think that was one of your best childhood memories. Volcano, Hawaii. I mean, that's really it was, cool. It's a big family memory. Like, everyone was together and happy and, you know, we were all young. And Who was everybody? So my two had... brothers and my mom and dad. Okay. And so, yeah, that was a really good, happy memory growing up. Setting the stage for you 
to then at some point say that I'm not going to be this astronaut. I'm not going to be this police officer. I'm not going to be this physical education teacher. I'm going to combine them all together. And at some point you decided after the, the hike and the volcanoes and watching GI Jane that you said, I'm going to go and do something that most people don't choose to do, especially most women at, at that stage of where we are in, ter- in terms of women in the military, and you decided to join not not the Army or the, the Navy or the Air Force. No you way. Des- you decided to They're join weak. the Marines. You only go one way. The best, right? Yeah. That's right. Corps. So that one was – so I was married. I got married when I was 18. I started college when I was 16. I got married when oh, I was wow. 18. Where did you go to college? I went to Western Kentucky University. Okay. And then I moved Owls? back to Cal- Hilltoppers, Dave. Hilltoppers. And then I moved back to California, which is my hometown. I went to high school here and then moved back to California. I did college for a little bit and back to California and then joined the Marine Corps. But I got married when I was 18 and my ex-husband was a Marine. And I would okay. say, wow, you get to go camping? Like, <laughs> And I had just fallen in love with G.I. Jane. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I'm going to join the Marine Corps. He's like, well, if you join the Marine Corps, I'm going to divorce you. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I just wow. went and signed up. Nine years later, I got out. Why did you really join it? I thought it I, literally. I was like, maybe one day I can be in special forces, mm. which at that time was completely closed off to women. It's now changing, which is really cool to see. Um, so that's neat. But uh, I really just the challenge just to see if I could do it. Uh, I I was like, they get to go camping and hiking, and it's really in my mind. I honestly thought it was like that. It's really not like that. Yeah, right. it's right? a job. I mean, it's it's a job. Yeah. I loved it though. Absolutely loved the military. What What is your favorite memory of the mil- military? I mean, the bonds, the, the bonds mm-hmm. with the relationships that I had with all the guys I worked with. Yeah, was like no other. You served two terms in I Iraq. Did, yeah, I did two tours in Iraq. Wow. And the, so the relationship that you grow, it's like nobody can have that same kind of relationship no. because it's just a when you're in that kind of war zone feeling. You 100% depend on them for life. Were you scared? No. I, I, I've i been asked that a lot. No, I guess I thrive on adrenaline. Mm. I, I'm People go one way or the other. No, fear really never once came over me. And you were the first woman to lead an all-woman platoon into combat. Yes. So my first tour to Iraq, I was a crew serve gunner. So I was shot 50 cows out of the, like, the turret on the top of a Humvee. Wow. Yeah. So that was my first, I did security force, like a security for convoys and stuff all through Iraq. I went in on, so I went to Kuwait and sat there for 30 days before the war kicked off. And then we went in on day one mm. to Iraq. And so we were still in mop gear, chemical suits. Mop gear is like your full chemical suit. So we were in that for days. We didn't shower for like 66 days. And Whoa. that's when I was a turret gunner and all that fun stuff. And then I came home for six months, and I went back again for another year. And that tour, I first was working at the um, in Fallujah, which is a huge invasion of Iraq. It was actually really nasty, but um, so that I was in Fallujah, and I ran the prison. I helped run the prison camps, and then when we really invaded, which was insane, the craziest night of my life. When we invaded, mm-hmm. we actually went in. Um, they needed- what year was this, by the way? <laughs> It was 90, no, oh four. Yeah. I went oh yeah. three, oh four, oh five. I think yeah. it was, I think we actually went in in 04. Yeah. And uh, it was the coolest light show I've ever seen in my life. Like I remember watching it on TV. They cut the power. We were sitting on top of the prison camp, and they just cut the power to Fallujah. Everything just went, 
and then all the jets and everything dropping bombs. It was the best light show, best Whoa. fireworks I've ever seen. What did you learn about yourself while you were there? That you can do anything. If you put your mind to it, you could absolutely do it. Mm. Your body achieves what your mind believes. That is true. So Say during that. the second, so when we went into Fallujah, they needed women to search women in the city because men couldn't do it with their um, religion and stuff. So they put together this all-female platoon. And my actual job was military police. I was a field MP. Mm. And so they that was my actual job was searching. And so they put me in charge of this. And they pulled women from all different jobs. It's called MOSs. They pulled women from all different jobs and formed one platoon. And they put us at checkpoints all throughout Fallujah every day. It's really and so fascinating. And so I'm sure there's so much more there to, to unpack. <laughs> I want to, and I think all of your story will lead to this question. One of the ways that we honor our guests is that we ask them to give us their definition of a goat. Would love to hear your snapshot of that. And then after that, would love to hear you share who your goat is. Well, I kind of already shared that. But my goat, hands down, is G.I. Jane. She has been my idol and the person I've looked up to. You are right. I would not have guessed that. Now mine is so much more um, less important. That's the way wait, it's supposed to be. Yes, wait, who, wait, who's yours? I will get there. Yeah, oh, okay. G.I. Jane. So okay. G.I. Jane, I just think that she, the character G.I. Jane, was somebody I always wanted to be. I just looked up to her as the complete badasses of badasses. I was mm. like, I want to be her. She can do stuff. Look at her. She can do the same thing as men. Not saying that it's always even. It's not always even. She worked her ass off to get there, and that's what I appreciate. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you say is you got to fight for it and that that it's just not fair. Oh, it's not. Life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. So you learn that where? Where where, Besides G.I. Jane, the movie, where you got to fight for it and it's not fair, where did you learn about that personally? And, and then when did that start to resonate with you? What better place to learn that women are not treated equally than in the military? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's different. I know it's different nowadays. Um, but you were, one, to, you were one of the first waves to come through of women that said, I, I want to go and do this. I mean, there's been women in the military for years and years, but women really had never been attached to the infantry. Combat. On the front lines of combat. Leading. Yeah. In that, in that way. So that's where is the first female, but first females to ever. What I led was the first females to ever be attached to the infantry. Period. The first female platoon to ever be formed, and the first females to ever be attached to the infantry in a war zone. So it was like three first. Yeah. So it was a pretty big deal, but life isn't e- always equal. Like I had to fight. So my unit that I was in before I led that platoon, my unit, um, there was only a couple women in it, and when it was time to go, we had trained for years. Years of the same same training, men, women, we all train the same. But when it's time to go, they said, you can't go because you're a girl. I was mm. like, well, I've done the same training. Well, life isn't fair. I mean, I had to request mass, which means you go up to the next level and yeah. the next level until you get what you want, and they eventually flew us over there and let us do what we Why? Do, do. What was the pushback? Why do you think you got pushback on that? Because you're a woman. Yeah. I mean, like there's no question. That, there was that no was question. It. Yeah. Women, I think. What was their thinking? Like, you're you're not strong enough. You're like what? No, I don't. I honestly, I don't think strong enough is necessarily the answer. Maybe they say, well, there's not facilities for women to men. Like maybe not enough restrooms or maybe showers. Okay. Maybe it could have been that. That's not what was ever said to us. They never okay. came out and said, this is why. They just said, no, you're a woman. You're not going. Like mm. the Marine Corps doesn't have to give you an answer. Yeah, why? Right, right, they right. They just right. say, nope, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then if you don't like what that person's told you, you can go over their head and over their head. And that's what I had to do. I, I want to read something to you. The, the, this is from an, an article from Forbes. The Army identifies what it sees as, a, as three underlying gaps in public motivation to consider Army service. It's a positive knowledge gap, claiming its story, brand, are not reaching an American populace, increasingly remote from exposure to serving soldiers or veterans, an identity gap stemming from misplaced assumptions about Army life and culture limits service considers, as does a trust gap, reflecting that the broader loss of trust and confidence in American institutions, including the military. When you hear those things and you think about your, your service and why you chose to join, what, what is the answer to closing that gap? those gaps in knowledge, those gaps in identity, those gaps in trust. Is that basically saying that there isn't a trust in the military anymore? Yeah, reflecting a broader loss of trust and confidence in American institutions, including the military. I feel like the military has changed over the years. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has changed. Would you join the military today if you could? Yep. Mm. I would go back. If they said, hey, we need you to go fight, I would be gone today. And who who taught you that? Who taught me that? So I think cool. that I think that's just instilled in my head. Like I have a crazy, crazy drive. It came I have from a somewhere. Crazy it came drive. from the volcano in Hawaii <laughs> in third grade. So maybe, you know what? My dad <laughs> is an ultra driven. Actually, both my parents are very yeah. driven. Um, my dad passed away at my going away party when I was leaving for Iraq the second time. Oh wow! And uh, and I think he's my driving force. Mm. When when you talk about like I. Reach back for just a second in your definition of goat. I mean, ultimately what I heard you say is life's not fair. Goats get that, and they got to work through it, right? It's hard work. But there's something else. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, there's a big delta between everybody when they say we work hard. But there's something else that's there, right? Like you're choosing something different than most people. Like, and I'm not even basically choosing a route that is not normal a route that is not easy, a route that you're going to have to fight your way through because you're going to be told no a lot of the way. Yeah. And that's that's what I would say. You're going to be that uh, sports are a big big one. Yeah. You know, we're going through that with my son and it, it's a gr- it's really interesting to watch. He has the same drive as me, my younger son. And he ha- this that, is Hayden, yeah. Hayden who is going soccer. to be a professional or is a professional soccer player. Like he says, I don't have time for friends. I'll have friends when I when I sign my first big contract. Mm. I don't want girls in my life. I don't want anybody in my life to stop me. No it distractions. Is one track mind. Like literally, that kid eats, breathes, lives soccer, but not necessarily just soccer, but everything else to build up to it. But you would have some people. I mean, that's clearly a definition of working hard, laser focus. And you're going to have somebody else that says, well, I work hard too, but nowhere near that, right? So there's these different levels. I think about one of my favorite quotes when it relates to the work that you do is, uh, you choose your hard, right? It's it's hard to lose weight. It's hard to maintain weight. Ooh, it's hard that. to be I got overweight. So much shit for that one. So choose your hard, right? And and I, I agree. Maybe listen. Don't send us your hate mail. Let me just go ahead and say <laughs> it for Aaron. Say it for me. I'll get it. But like, you choose your hard, right? I mean, you're going to have a hard. Mm-hmm. And there's something different though about the work that you're that Hayden's doing, that you do, that you teach, and the rest of the world that says. I work hard. I think it's a drive. I think it's an like a drive that you cannot be told no. Like whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're going for, it's, it's a it's like a hyper focus, a drive where you're going to hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, but you don't give up. 
It's and everyone around you is going to tell you it's not a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Randy Powell said in his book, The Last Lecturer, which is one of my favorite yeah. of all time, he said brick walls aren't there to keep you out. They're there to, to figure out how bad you little, really want A little it. detour. Yeah. A little detour. Because yeah. you're going to hit them all the time. I mean, I've hit so many in my job. Well, you, you say things like it's not normal, it's not easy, and you fight your way through. I mean, I think those are the reasons probably your clients hire you today to do the things that you do for them, right? You, you know, and they want to eat donuts. And they want to eat donuts. <laughs> you have I mean, more of mine don't want donuts. They want wine <laughs> Come on. or tequila or whatever it might be. And, and what you bring to the world is that you can – those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You can have a wa- glass of wine or a donut and still have pretty legs. Yes. The goal is balance. Like, you don't have like to be me. a hero and rescue the whole <laughs> bottle of wine. Open a bottle of wine, have a glass, and call it good. Is it drive or is it need for achievement? Is it drive or is it need for achievement? I would say it's both. Okay. Yeah. I would say it's both. You, you need – it's not necessarily I need to prove – I said I was going to do X, Y, Z, whatever that thing is, and no matter and, – and, so when I was becoming a trainer, when I so I got certified to train when I was eighteen. Okay. And then I went in the Marine Corps, and then when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was went right back into training. And everyone's like, "What are you going to really do when you grow up?" I was like, "I'm going to be a trainer." And they're like, "Well, how are you going to support your kids?" I was divorced at this point. I was like, "How are you going to support your kids?" I'm I'm going to be a trainer. Like, get a real job. This is before social media and training was cool. It's a cool career now. Yeah. But when I started, it was not a cool career. There was no social media. There was yeah. you know, it's like oh, people wouldn't pay pay people wouldn't pay what they pay today. That wasn't really a market. No, that, I mean, that's where college kids worked. Yeah. That wasn't your, like, career. And I was yeah. like, I just want to be a trainer. I want to be a trainer. I want to be a good trainer. And so when I was building my training business, I opened a house cleaning business, and I cleaned houses. And that. as I cleaned, as I would gain more clients, I would drop a house and drop mm. a house. And eventually I said, I will be able to support my kids training. That's awesome. And so that was my goal is I will support my children training. Well, while you were doing that, <clears throat> there was somebody that was paving the way. For you to become who you are today. And I'm going to share my goat. And I feel like your goat was was so good that I'm going to bring the level down quite a bit. However, it does not keep him out of the goatness. And um, he is known for such videos as sweating to the oldies (laughs) and party off the pounds. Yes, that's that is Richard Simmons. <laughs> oh, Richard Simmons. One of the yes. greatest one of the greatest of all time paved the way while you were working up to where you are. Right. And John, he said hit one yeah. of his most famous lines, one of my favorites of all time is number 1, you've got to like yourself. Number 2, you've got to eat healthy and number tw- number 3, you have to squeeze your buns. That's my formula. Yeah. I called John. Oh my gosh, yeah. you guys! Do you know that I always You're tell welcome. people walk with a credit card in between your butt cheeks, <laughs> like you're holding a credit card. That's what I tell my clients. I called John the steals. I called John a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, John, what are you doing? He goes, ah, I got the kids up early, and we're we're kind of going back on some YouTube and doing party off the pounds. And I'm like, dude, that is so awesome that you got your kids involved in party. We off were walking the around the, the park with credit cards in our butt. But, I mean, you do what you got to do. So dude, I. I the actually, name of the show just got changed to Party Off the Pounds. This is the kind of stuff that he does to me. And see, my my goat was Colonel Jessup. You want me on that wall, you need me on that wall, right? And I bet you experienced some Colonel Jessups along the way. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. You know what? So I just told my team Party the other day. The I was like, they we're talking about workout events. And who, I was like, can we get Richard Simmons? 
He's kind of yeah. MIA right now. But if yeah, I yeah, could find him, been. I would love to do a workout event with him. Let's partner together and bring him to Nashville. Yeah. What would you call it? The be donuts would be involved. We we'd have to we'd have to update one of the videos. <laughs> I have to talk about squeezing. What did you cheeks. say? Party off the pounds and what was the other one? Sweating to the oldies. Oh my god! Everybody knows that one. What about sweating to the two thousand twenties? Sweating something. to the oldies. <laughs> we'll call it something. We'll come up so with a good, good. name. Goat All right. What's what? that? Goat nuts. Goat, goat nuts. nuts. Donuts and goats. <laughs> donuts and goats. <laughs> goat nuts. That's beautiful. Sean, Sean. coming through. <laughs> Oh, party off the pounds with Aaron Opria and Richie Simmons and Richie Simmons. I love that. I there love we that. go. Did you ever right. watch a, a Richard Simmons video? No. no. So you didn't even before you got going on this journey. I never watched anything. So like TV was not something I ever watched. I never watched videos. I never watched movies. I never listened to music. So if you ask me anything about famous people, I won't know anything. Still today. Right. Still you, today. You, still today. I like the Weather Channel. Just like <laughs> they I'm have a not good, kidding. I want to be a storm chaser. They have, one a, day. they have a good app. Me and my 13 year old are going a on a storm chasing adventure no, in April. I take all my kids when they turn 13 on a one on one trip. And my 13 year old would say the same thing I want to chase storms. He said it for years. So his trip in April is going for five days to chase storms in the peak of tornado season. Fantastic. Wow. I want to be in a hurricane yeah. next. We'll, we'll save you a spot. We can oh, I you. have a guy, actually. I just found a, a, not like a tour, but a guy that's a storm chaser. Um, I put it on Instagram because I really wanted to do this. And yeah. so him Did and I are connected. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking. So we're All waiting right. on a storm right now. So G.I. Jane. Storm chasing. But did you, no Top Gun? No, I mean, I like the movie's good. You did? Yeah. Okay. And the latest Top Gun? I haven't seen it. Haven't oh. seen it. Are you no, going to go see it? Not, not in the movie. I don't go to movie theaters. Doesn't go to movie theaters. All right, that's just a well, big nap for me. Well, she's not normal. She doesn't. Uh, she and doesn't we love take that the, about her. She I do love to the, dance. <laughs> she likes to dance, sweating into the dancing to the oldies, sweating to the oldies. Stick around for she, part two. She doesn't may take see the some easy way out, and she fights her way through it. This is uh, the Goat Consulting Podcast, and for Tyler at the beach and John Byers and our good friend Aaron Oprea, this is the Goat Consulting Podcast. Oh.